Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council. I'm here today with my colleague Emily Makings, who is our senior research analyst. And we are going to talk about a policy brief that Emily uh, was staff lead on that we've just published called I-1366, a choose-your-own tax adventure for legislators. Emily, what is this all about? So Initiative 1366 would uh, reduce the state sales tax from 6.5% to 5.5% unless the legislature uh, decides to refer a constitutional amendment to voters. And the amendment would um, be one that would require two-thirds legislative approval to increase taxes. Okay, so uh, let me stop you there. Now, somebody that doesn't follow a lot of these affairs very carefully might say, well, gee, didn't I vote uh, to put that in two or three times before now? Yes, and they would be right. They, Washington voters have approved the, a similar or almost exactly the same supermajority requirement for tax increases um, over the last 20 years. They've consistently done so. But hmm. the state Supreme Court ruled that the requirement was is unconstitutional in 2013. So from here on out, the only way to bring back the supermajority requirement is to uh, is for the legislature to propose a constitutional amendment and begin the constitutional amendment process. Okay, so can you explain briefly uh, what that process is or, or, or how that works? Yeah, the, under the Constitution, the legislature must propose an amendment. It cannot be done through via the initiative power. So once, once an amendment is proposed, two-thirds of the legislature have to vote for the amendment. And then it goes to the voters um, of whom a majority will actually pass the amendment. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mr. Eyman, who crafted this initiative, I guess he doesn't have faith that the legislature would just automatically uh, put forward uh, that proposal. Is that yeah, correct? well, they haven't done yet. The, <laughs> yeah. Um, there have been some proposals since 2013. The Senate passed SJR 8213 in, in 2014, which would have done this, but the House didn't take it up, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of appetite in the House for such an amendment. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and hence this initiative, which would, if the legislature decides not to do this amendment, then um, the initiative would reduce the sales tax as a way to give um, taxpayers some relief is the idea, I think. Okay, so in other words, the the initiative says either give us tax relief by reducing the sales tax now or give us tax relief by letting us vote to have a uh, two-thirds majority requirement to pass future tax increases with the idea that's going to hold down taxes in that fashion. Right. Okay, a rather novel uh, incentive program for the legislators. (laughs) So this is some real money, uh, a penny off uh, the sales tax, which is a major source of revenue for the state of Washington, is a lot of money. What, what has uh, the state estimated this would cost to have such a reduction? Yep, the Department of Revenue estimates that um, doing the reduction would reduce state revenues by $1.6 billion in the current biennium, and then by about $3 billion in the next biennium once it's fully implemented. So, I mean, that's a, that is a lot of money. 
Yeah, and uh, let's if we give our listeners some perspective. I mean, the the, the budget I believe was about thirty eight billion dollars that was passed uh, for this next biennium. Right. That is a chunk. One point five six billion. Um, you were talking to me before we started this uh, podcast. The uh, the money that was put in by the legislature for the to uh, help comply with the McCleary decision is going to be uh, like one point three billion. That's yeah. That the would, increase over last biennium related to McCleary is one point three billion. So that that conceivably, if that was what was tar- would be targeted in budget cutting, that would vanish under this uh, proposal. Uh, well, I mean, not that specifically since it can't constitutionally be cut, probably, but uh, yeah, something along in that order of magnitude is what would have to go. So you're bringing up something there, Emily. You said, well, constitutionally, they probably can't cut that, which I'm, I'm not disputing what you're saying. But the legislators uh, maybe put in a bit of a ripsaw here uh, as far as the constitutionality of their various actions. I mean, if, if they have to, uh, if they have to cut the sales tax, but they have to comply with the McCleary decision. We, we have a culvert case with the tribes. It's estimated uh, that will cost a couple of billion dollars before that's over with. Uh, I mean, we're in prosperous times right now. Revenues are up, but revenues don't tend to stay up. No. And, and, uh, yeah, and, so, and there are the, all these big cases going on. Plus, you have to remember that Something along about roughly two-thirds of the state budget is constitutionally or um, federally mandated. So it just can't be cut on almost on under, except for like really extreme circumstances. So you're focusing all of your cuts on a very small part of the budget. And these um, this part of the budget has already been hit pretty hard during the recession. So, so just doing some quick math here, if about... Two-thirds of the budget, is that what you said? Two-thirds of the yeah. budget is not discretionary, and right. we're at about $38 billion for a budget. Uh, we're looking at $13, $14 billion is all the revenue that's available to be cut. And uh, in the second biennium, the state says we're going to lose $3 billion from yeah. this uh, penny uh, loss in sales tax. So you're talking... 20% of the discretionary budget going away or so. I mean, that's very rough. Yeah, these are very rough numbers, but yeah, I mean, it's, it would be a big, a significant impact. That is a lot of money. And so this brings up another point that you covered uh, in, in the policy brief. This could create a crisis type of atmosphere. Is that correct? If there's that big of cut, has to occur? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, um, there's nothing, I mean, the, if um, legislators decide not to do the amendment and the sales tax is reduced, there's nothing to prevent them from increasing other taxes as they see fit. So it's, I mean, there's so many ways that this uh, initiative could play out. It's um, pretty much anything you can imagine, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, this is this is an interesting turn of events. Uh, so, so why not just say two thirds vote to pass a tax increase? Why uh, why is there resistance to that idea? The voters seem to like it. They've passed it enough times in the last uh, twenty five uh, years or so in the state. Yeah, I mean, I think that 
Well, it's a constraint on legislators, and um, they many of them think that they that it's not um, constitutional, which the Supreme Court has said it's not constitutional. So, um, uh, I mean, I I think that they it would be. Um, why wouldn't they want to do it? They wouldn't, they might, I mean, they might not, they might choose the sales tax route because it's um, e- easier to um, to change in the future. It's easier to get around if they, um, it'll be hard for them to get the two-thirds votes to begin with to pass the, an amendment for the supermajority. Um well, I think uh, that th- that may be uh, m- most on point, and we didn't cover that. So, uh, in other words, uh, um, legislators decide, well, this would be horrible if we lose a penny of sales tax. So, if if they put forward uh, this referendum through the uh, through their the internal legislative process, they have to have a two thirds majority to put it on right. the ballot. So, right. Yeah, that would not be easy to come up with. Yeah. Well, you look at the pattern here historically: ninety three that that you have in this policy brief. 93 voters approve uh, 601, which has the two-thirds uh, uh, majority. They pr- approve another one in 98, referendum 49. And then it's suspended by uh, the legislature, two suspensions. It's reinstated by the legislature. Voters approve another initiative, suspended again by the legislature. Uh, so there's a, a pattern back and forth, and that's not to, to mention the court's interventions, which have also not been kind to the uh, the concept of the of the uh, two thirds majority requirement. So this is uh, uh, it, so. What about the courts? We haven't talked much about the courts. So w- what have they said so far about this initiative? This unique initiative. Well, on um, they allowed it. They ordered. They was. Um, they allowed the initiative to go on the ballot. That was initially a question. There had been a lawsuit that the initiative shouldn't even be allowed to be on the ballot because it's on the grounds that it's an attempt to amend the Constitution via initiative. Um, but the Supreme Court said that no, it can it can go on the initiative on the ballot. But they are retaining the uh, the case for a future decision. So even if it is approved by voters, the the state Supreme Court may well say that it's an unconstitutional initiative um, and the whole thing might be moot. Sure, and I'm, I'm sure there's some folks that are, are hoping that that's the outcome. And uh, maybe some cynical politicians that are going around saying they're all for the two-thirds limitation but actually hope that the court uh, will uh, prevent this from uh, becoming law if it passes because of the disruption we've talked about. So, yeah, in a crisis atmosphere... Uh, we could end up with an income tax uh, kind of uh, through the back door. It would be ironic if a uh, if a tax crusader like uh, Mr. Iman precipitates a crisis that causes us to end up with a, an income tax or a capital gains tax. So mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see what happens next. Yeah. Emily, thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, Emily Makings with the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moore, and thank you so very much for joining us. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.